For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. When we stand before God on that day, when we stand before Jesus Christ, the great judge, when we stand before him, he's going to bring every single thing you have ever done into judgment. Every hidden thing, every secret thing, every careless word will be brought in. Good news. That's full on. That's full on. How much do we need Jesus Christ? How much do we need to abide in Jesus Christ? He will bring every deed into judgment. If we don't have Jesus Christ standing next to us, if Jesus Christ is not saying, Lord, I've forgiven him for that. Lord God, the Father, I've forgiven him for that. 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 It will still be brought in the judgment. But he'll forgive, 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 wash away, wash away, wash away. That's our Lord. Every person who's ever walked the face of the earth will face God and have to come to account, have, will be brought to account. And if Jesus Christ is not there, if Jesus Christ is not at your side, you are in deep trouble. Deep, deep trouble. No way of getting out of it. No way. You deserve condemnation. Absolutely. If anyone thinks they don't deserve condemnation, then you don't need Jesus Christ. Take a risk. Go and stand in front of the great judge who will judge your secret hidden things and see if you can bear it. See if you can stand under that. As I tell you, there's not a single person on the face of the earth. The scriptures say there is no one righteous, not even one. The only one that walked a righteous life was who? Jesus, Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's God. That's evidence he's God, guys. Then the king will say to those on his right, remember this, guys. Remember these words. Because Jesus says this is what he's going to say. That means that Jesus will say this to us if we're in Christ. If we're in Christ, it's very important. Come, you who are blessed by my Father. These are the most beautiful, guys, get this. These are the most, the most beautiful words you're ever going to hear in all of eternity. This is what you are a Christian for. These are the words that you long to hear. I, want, I can't emphasize this enough. You will be standing there. I tell you, I don't think there will be a person in, at the judgment who will be confident. Because when you see the Father's glory, and when you see you know, Jesus Christ step up and He's standing there and His light is blazing out of Him, fear will grip you. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Everyone, everyone, all the sinners that have not been you know, uh, forgiven of their sin, they will all be on their faces. Everyone. And you will be trembling. Trembling before Him. You'll be saying, please, please, Lord, say those words. 
Let me hear those blessed words. These words will be the best and most greatest and most wonderful words you're ever going to hear. And mark my words, this will happen. I will stand on the Bible and I won't let anyone tell me this ain't going to happen. And if anyone's told you it ain't going to happen, don't listen to them. Reject them. This will happen. Just as our word says it will happen. Just as our gospel declares. Amen. Yeah. Who, who remembers Jamie? Yes. Our bass player that has been here the last two weeks. Yeah, you remember him? <laughs> baby. He's got a baby. A new baby. Came through yesterday afternoon. Wow. And uh, the baby, baby boy, Micah J. Uh, now his last name, Shushanek. S-U-C-H-A-N-E-K. How does that, John? Suskanek. And John's back. Hey. Uh, he's, he's finally out of jet lag because he's here. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, let's all pray for Jamie. Yep. Lord, we just thank you for Jamie. And, and we, firstly, we thank you for the wonderful man that he is. He's such a beautiful man with a, such a soft and tender heart. And uh, we thank you for the... Um, uh, what he brings to this church, Lord. Um, such a special spirit. And Lord, we just thank you for the wonderful child that you delivered safely yesterday. Yes, he was in breach position and, we, and you got him out of there. So thank you, God. And um, so, Lord, just bless that beautiful new baby mm -hmm. and also bless, uh, bless his uh, two-year-old and one-year-old that he also has and just bless that whole family because mm -hmm. uh, they've got a lot of work ahead. Mm -hmm. um, three children under the age of two. So. Yes, bless Kristen yes, as well, Lord. And may you just be with them and uh, may they just grow into a wonderful, uh, strong, united family. And may those children grow up, serve you and live for you and love you uh, with all their heart. We pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Now, as you can see, if you can read that, who can read that? I can read it. Absolutely. Just. I should have made it bigger, shouldn't I? I could in increase the font size if you want to. It's a... Uh, we're going to be looking at a, a, and this is an important sermon, and I haven't spoken on uh, Christ as the judge for a little while, but um, I think this is really important. Turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Lord, I just pray your power here today. Lord, I pray that your spirit will do the preaching. I pray that your spirit will preach into the heart yes, of every Lord. single person here and that, Lord, that we will be changed and transformed as a result of this sermon. Mm. I pray that your spirit gets a hold of us this morning and uh, reveals to us great and wonderful things. Mm. I pray that as I'm speaking, that the spirit will also speak into the hearts of everyone here and tell them more things, wonderful things, mm. things uh, that are nearly unspeakable. Yes. So I pray for a real encounter with you this morning as this sermon is being preached. Pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now go to Ecclesiastes. Go right to the end of the book. So we can skip all the all the stuff that he went through. Because he was. if you've read the book, some people probably think when they read Ecclesiastes, gee, it doesn't run in line with a lot of what the Bible preaches, especially what Jesus preached. That's because the book is a story, like a, a philosophy of a man whose philosophy got changed as he went through lots of temptations and he went he, he went into despair, basically. Mm -hmm. Everything was meaningless. Mm -hmm. But what did he find? He discovered at the end of that long journey of life, and who knows who's been on one of those journeys before you gave your life to Jesus, a long journey of...
crazy things that we, we believe from the world. The world has got a million ways of viewing life, haven't they? I'll give you, feed you this, feed you this, feed you this, but where is the truth in all of that? How do we find the truth? And that's why we read the Bible. Amen. So at the end of it, and you won't read this, Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13. That's very small. Verse 13, and it says, Now that all has been heard, here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God, fear God, and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. When we stand before God on that day, when we stand before Jesus Christ, the great judge, when we stand before him, he's going to bring every single thing you have ever done into judgment. Every hidden thing, every secret thing, every careless word will be brought in. Good news? That's full on. That's full on. How much do we need Jesus Christ? How much do we need to abide in Jesus Christ? He will bring every deed into judgment. If we don't have Jesus Christ standing next to us, if Jesus Christ is not saying, Lord, I've forgiven him for that. Lord God, the Father, I've forgiven him for that. 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 It will still be brought in the judgment. But he'll forgive, forgive, forgive. Wash away, wash away, wash away. That's our Lord. Every person who's ever walked the face of the earth will face God and have to come to account. Have, will be brought to account. And if Jesus Christ is not there, if Jesus Christ is not at your side, you are in deep trouble. Deep, deep trouble. No way of getting out of it. No way. You deserve condemnation. Absolutely. If anyone thinks they don't deserve condemnation, then you don't need Jesus Christ. Take a risk. Go and stand in front of the great judge who will judge your secret hidden things and see if you can bear it. See if you can stand under that. Because I tell you, there's not a single person on the face of the earth. The, the scriptures say there is no one righteous, not even one. The only one that walked a righteous life was who? Jesus, Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's God. That's evidence he's God, guys. Am I too late? <laughs> I'm just hearing myself and I'm thinking, that's hurt my ears. <laughs> Turn it down a little bit. I've got to keep the volume. <coughs> Just get it right now. Christ is the judge. He's going to judge us. Are we ready? Are we ready? Have we got our hearts in the right place? Are we professed as Christian? Are we living as Christians? Are we following Jesus Christ? Is the Holy Spirit guiding us? Are we walking in the Spirit? 
Is Jesus Christ our first and foremost at the top of our list of, of, of who we focus on and give our life to? Is Jesus Christ first in your life? That's what we've got to ask because we want to know that we don't travel through this life and forget Him. And the world sweep us away. Get caught up in entertainment and fine dining and living, you know, having fun and doing this and doing that and living the, living the life and forget Christ. You know, you can do that but have Christ in your life. Amen. Amen. But it's a different way of doing it. You avoid sin when Christ is in your life. Amen. You can go out for a nice meal and you're just sitting there at the table. Oh, my Lord, how beautiful this is. Thank you so much. For this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful plate of food. You've got thankfulness in your heart. Therefore, you can have those beautiful things. Be so thankful that you have them now. Because maybe one day we won't have them. Maybe one day we'll be in a situation where we can't just go down the corner and buy a hamburger. Who knows what tomorrow brings? Who knows? Only God knows what he's got in store. Amen. Christ the judge John 5:22 Moreover the father this is a little bit of doctrine we need to get a bit of doctrine straight Moreover the father judges no one but has entrusted all judgment to the son so who's the judge Jesus, Jesus. that all may honor the son just as they honor the father so the Father, Father God, wants us to honour the Word, Jesus Christ, just as they honour Him, they want Jesus Christ, He wants Jesus Christ to be honoured just the same. Why? Because they are one. They are one. Jesus Christ is not a creation. And I'll tell you why. Can the creation create a creation? What does it say in John 1? It says the Word became flesh. And who was the Word? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning through Him. All things were made. Without Him, who nothing was made that has been made. He's God because He made all things. This movement at the moment in the world of Christianity to de-deify de Jesus Christ is shocking. The whole New Testament is that's the revelation of the New Testament, I believe, is that Jesus Christ is God. He wasn't just a man. He was a man. God in man. The only way to get God on the earth was to be immaculately conceived. You can't get God on the earth any other way. You can't get God in the flesh any other way. Jesus Christ had to clothe himself with a flesh nature and then walk a sinless life. Now there's a big call. So right from infancy, as a baby, who knows babies can do naughty things? Any mother will tell you. Yeah? I remember one set of parents, they didn't believe a baby could do a wrong thing. And I remember this child being, at his first birthday, he did some of the most naughty things. And, and we saw the mother, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's not doing anything naughty. I know, he just did a really naughty thing. That was on his birthday, so he had... You know, I can do whatever I want. Okay. <laughs> he knew. But Jesus Christ, at one year old, he didn't do a naughty thing. Joseph, 
father, his father on earth, must have been beside himself thinking, I can't even smack this child. If I smack him, I'm in the wrong. You know what I mean? What a situation to be in as a parent. You know, if, if you're getting angry at him, you're wrong. So, kids, unless you're Jesus Christ, you're wrong as well. So don't use that one on your parents. Right, 10.41, Acts 10.41. Yeah, he, he was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. So who are they talking about? Jesus Christ. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All right? Jesus Christ, amen, is the one appointed as judge. 1 Corinthians 4, 5. I'll just shoot through these scriptures so we can see them in context. Because remember, when you make a, a doctrine, if, doc, if Jesus Christ is judge, it should be at least three scriptures that state that Jesus Christ is the judge. 4, 5. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait till the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of men's hearts. Get that as well. It's not just that he'll judge you for what you've done and he'll judge you for what you've said. He'll expose the motives. So just say someone cuts you off on the road and you're so angry that if the opportunity was there and that guy got out of the car and you thought you were big enough to take him, you would jump out and bash the life out of him. Has anyone had that experience? No. The women sure shouldn't. But you know what I mean? That's a motive, isn't it? That's a motive. You're so mad that you go, oh, smash that guy because he also you know gave you the finger and did all that as well just to he cut me off and he gave me the roots on and he's done it all and I'm innocent and I copped it you know it's very easy to fall into that and what is that That's a, is that a form of hatred <coughs> is that a form of hatred like you immediately hate the guy you're not his friend you would never want to make a friend with him after that experience <coughs> It's always funny, I always think, maybe in a year's time I'll meet that guy and he turns out to be the most wonderful guy around, you know, just having a bad day. We all have bad days, don't we? All right, Romans 2.16. Turn to Romans 2.16. And it says, This will take place on the day when God will judge men's secrets through Jesus Christ, as my gospel declares. Let's keep going. Matthew 25.31. So who's the judge? Jesus. Matthew 25, 31. And it says, When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on His right and the goats on His left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Who wants to hear those words? Put up your hand if you want to hear those words when you get to heaven or when you get to the throne room mm -hmm. and you're standing before 
God the judge, Jesus Christ, and you hear those beautiful words. Let's read them again. Then the king will say to those on his right, remember this, guys, remember these words, because Jesus says this is what he's going to say. That means that Jesus will say this to us if we're in Christ. If we're in Christ, it's very important. Come, you who are blessed by my Father. These are the most beautiful, guys, get this. These are the most, the most beautiful words you're ever going to hear in all of eternity. This is what you are a Christian for. These are the words that you long to hear. I I can't emphasize this enough. You will be standing there. I tell you, I don't think there will be a person at the judgment who will be confident. Because when you see the Father's glory and when you see, you know, Jesus Christ step up and he's standing there and his light is blazing out of him. Fear will grip you. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Everyone, everyone, all the sinners that have not been, you know, uh, forgiven of their sin, they'll all be on their faces. Everyone. And you will be trembling. Trembling before him. You'll be saying, please, please, Lord, say those words. Let me hear those blessed words. These words will be the best and most greatest and most wonderful words you're ever going to hear. And mark my words, this will happen. I will stand on the Bible and I won't let anyone tell me this ain't going to happen. And if anyone's told you it ain't going to happen, don't listen to them. Reject them. This will happen. Just as our word says, it will happen. Just as our gospel declares. Amen. And he says this, And the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father. You who are blessed by my Father. Take your inheritance. Take your inheritance. There's a wonderful inheritance that he's going to give us. Take it. I have a mansion built for you. I've built a mansion. The angels have been preparing things for you. You've got a beautiful inheritance coming. Amen. Do we want that? You want to walk into your home in heaven? You want to walk in and see this beautiful mansion waiting for you? Who wants to see that home? You know, nothing on earth will compare to this place. And it's waiting for you. Do we even realize what he's got waiting for us? Does it, is it one of those things that you wake up in the morning and think about? And I'm sure there are many Christians that do wake up in the morning and think about it. And the older we get, the more we think about it. You're longing, longing to be there with Jesus Christ. Take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you. A whole kingdom prepared for you. That's what's waiting for us. Since the creation of the world, since the creation of the world, since this world got created, he prepared a kingdom for his people. And all they had to do was get through this life, find Christ, and then live for Christ. Who knows there's a difference? Who knows you can give your life to Christ and then walk away from Christ? If you don't believe that, then you haven't read the scriptures. There's many people in the Bible who were Christian who gave up the faith in the New Testament. But you can, you can live for Him. 
Jesus says, many will come before me on that day and say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out, uh, cast out demons in your name, perform many miracles in your name? And he'll say, get away from me, evil doer. I never knew you. And when you find out the reason why, they didn't do the will of God. They didn't walk in His will. They didn't live according to His will. How important is it to live according to the will of God? It ensures our salvation. It ensures that when we stand before the throne and we get thrown to our knees, we don't even have to get thrown. We're just going to drop. Everyone will drop to their knees, pleading with God for forgiveness. And then he will share those beautiful words with you. It's worth it now. Even if you have your doubts. Amen? Mm. Who's had doubts as a Christian? You ever had doubts? Yeah. They enter, don't they? Satan's good at them. Mr. Doubt comes in and he tells you all these things. Oh, did you know about that? Or what do you think of that? How do you work that one out? And he whispers into your ear and you listen. And you let him affect you. Actually, you let him infect you. He becomes an infection and rots us to the core, rots us to the core and destroys the faith of many. You know, last week I was preaching on that, that lady who had given up the faith after 40 years of being a Christian and she said, I've given it up and I'm happier than I've ever been. Things are going better than I've ever been. I thought, well, yeah, of course, Satan's off your back. He's achieved it. He's got you where he wanted. You know, he can destroy our faith. He can. He's very good at it. Actually, we're his target. And if you don't believe that, you got to read the word a bit more. He's after us. He's happy with the atheists. Doesn't want to disturb them. He's happy with the Muslims. Doesn't want to disturb them. Let them go. Actually, get them. Make them bigger. He promotes them. He gets pumps money into them. Make sure they get really strong on this earth. He's happy with anyone who doesn't believe that Jesus Christ is God and, and is Lord of their life. As soon as you turn to Jesus Christ with all your heart, He's going to attack you on every front. He's going to try to de destroy the faith. Destroy your faith. Now go to 41 and it says this. These are the words you don't want to hear. Then He will say to those on His left, the goats... What, what's the difference between a sheep and a goat? Sheep follows. Sheeps follow, don't they? It is follow. Do you know, I remember um, we, we used to have sheep. My brother and I, we bought 12 black sheep. And we got a phone call one day and those sheep got out and they were way down the road. Like, they were like ages away. And we were panicking because we weren't really farmers. And uh, how do we get these sheep back? You know, there's a road and all this sort of stuff. And then someone said, if you just get one sheep to go, they'll all follow that one sheep. So you just sort of work on one sheep, keep him going where you want, and the rest will just... And we did that. So we went you know, chased this one sheep, and the sheep, and we seemed to, the leader sort of appeared straight away. And he just sort of, we, we tracked him back where we wanted to go, and all the other sheep just screamed. This is easy. Could have been shepherds from that day. And he says this, these are words you don't want to hear. Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. That's where those that walk away from the faith go. <coughs> into, the, into hell 
prepared for the devil and his angels. Sad, isn't it? Sad how many people walk away. Sad how many people have an opportunity to be in Christ and they give up Christ and walk away. Or they don't even want to come near Him. We've got to make sure that we're not, we don't fall into that category. Amen? Who would rather die than give up Christ? Yeah? Wouldn't it be so much more, uh, so much better to die a quick death on earth and receive eternal life than to die in old age at, you know, at some other point where you've escaped it and end up in hell for eternity where you will always die every moment of hell. Every second in hell, you are dying. Every second in hell, you are dying. So the pain of what kills you here on earth, and some people die a lot worse than others. Is that true? Some people die in their sleep, and it's always, oh, he was so blessed he died in his sleep. I'm thinking, well, as long as he's a Christian. It's no use having a nice peaceful death in sleep, waking up in hell, is it? See how the world speaks, the worldly language? But it's better to die once and never die again in Christ than to die at a later date after giving up the faith and then dying over and over and over again. You never stop dying in hell. And that pain of death, eternal death, never stops. It never ceases. That's why it has to be a flame because people choose death and not life. Now, how do you make, if they choose death, what is death? Death is eternal pain. Because when you die, it's painful. And so they go to a place where they will, they, they chose it, therefore that's what they have. Death, 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 death. Does that make sense? Forever. And the only thing that can bring that kind of death is a flame. Is a flame. You don't want to hear those words, do you? You don't want to hear those words. Isn't it important that this get preached in the church? Is this important? You know, I've done, I've done about, I think, four or five sermons, main sermons on the judgment. And one thing I always speak on is this one, I suppose it's a parable or something, or not even a story that I created, which um, was said in that very first Judgment Day sermon, if you remember that. Daniel's heard that sermon a few times. Matthew, of course, has heard it, and my family. But if you go to, if just say you're a student in school, and you're studying mathematics, and your teacher spends the whole year talking about everything except mathematics, you know, you get some basics down, you know, one plus one equals two and all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the year, you realise he hasn't really taught us anything. He just rambled. He gave, gave me a whole bunch of illustrations. Talked about a whole bunch of fancy things and people he knew and la 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 Stories were just flowing out of his mouth, but he never taught maths. The actual curriculum. And you get to the end of that year. And what have you got ahead of you? You've got the final. You've got the exam. The big one. The one that's right at the end. And you get, and you get that exam and you get to the exam and you open it up. Have you ever seen Mr. Bean doing the exam and he opens it up and he's looking at it like... 
He doesn't know what to do. You don't want to be in that situation where you're looking at the exam paper or you're standing at the judgment and you don't know the answers. So you, you get to the end and, you, and you, you turn around and you look at your maths teacher who's got saying, come on, do it. Does that maths teacher, is he a, is he a worthy maths teacher? Should he, should he be teaching maths? Is he worthy of getting kicked out of the education department? He taught the kids nothing, and you, you know what? This is happening in schools now. <laughs> There's teachers that aren't teaching the kids. I, I hear it all the time. The kids say, oh, we did a test today, and the teacher sprung it on us, but she didn't, or he didn't teach us any of the information in the, in the test, and we had to answer the questions. And I'm like, thinking, what is going on? But anyway, that's beside the point. <laughs> but the thing is, he kept there. Would that teacher be worthy of being a teacher? Is he a worthless teacher? And what we got in the church today is no one teaches on the judgment. No one teaches, or there are people, there are ministers that do. Sam would, wouldn't he, in Queensland? He's got to teach on it. It's important. It's a fundamental, basic, basic principle of faith. That, teach, that teacher would be worthless. Should be thrown out. Should be discarded. Never be able to pick up a license again. Unless he changes his tune. And so we're in a situation in the church where it's just like that. Where you preach, you, you, people aren't preaching on hell. People aren't preaching on the judgment. And it's a dangerous, dangerous situation. Because Jesus says many are going to come to me on that day. And he's going to cast them from his presence. You know, does this thought of the judgment, does that make you want to live a closer life with Christ? Does it? Does it make you want to go home and pray more? You know, I had a revelation this morning when I was in prayer. And I was talking to God about my relationship. And I was, I, he, as I was sort of talking with God, I had this impression of people who claim to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Who claim to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And don't have one. So many people say, um, I have a, a, a relationship with Jesus Christ, but they don't, they're not in prayer. And I was reading some words of Ian Bounds, and Ian Bounds was talking about how these people, they don't pray to me. They don't pray to Jesus Christ. And, he's, and it's a really concerning time in the church where so many Christians aren't in an active relationship with Jesus Christ. They're not praying. Sure, they might get down and say their prayers. They might spend five minutes or ten minutes and walk out of there. But where's the relationship? To many of us, our relation, the relationship we have with Jesus, if it was with our, a, a partner, it wouldn't go very far. You know? If I only spoke to Vina, like there's been times in my prayer life, if I only spoke to Vina as much as uh, I was praying at the time, Vina would think there's something seriously wrong with me. She'd be like, you know, what's happened to us? You know? You pass me in the hallway, don't even look at me, and you, you barely say a word to me. But I spend time talking to my wife. That's, that's a secret of one, one secret of having a successful marriage is, you know, spend a lot of time together and talk to each other and always do things together. We had a thing that, you know, if we go out into the world and do anything like we used to do, play music, we always did it together. So, um, what about Jesus Christ? 
If you, you think about it, the time you spend talking to Jesus Christ in prayer, if that was a partner or some, someone in your life, and would that be suffice? Would it be suffice, the amount of time you pray, to hold down a decent relationship? You know what I mean? We've got to think that. Even the kids, and especially the youth, because the youth can nearly get to the point where they think, ah, oh, my parents are into it, you know, they're praying all the time, and I believe it. But they can get very lax and not pray, not seek God as they should, not read the Bible as they should, not really be devoted. Do you know what I mean? It's very easy. And all my call is, is, you know, I feel strongly led from God to be saying to everyone, get deeper in your relationship with God. Amen? Yes. Go deeper. Go deeper. I've found when you commit to God a certain time and say to God, I'm going to do it at this time every day, I'm going to do it for this period of time, that works a lot better than just leaving it to chance. You know? Your, if your employer says, get here at this time and you're going to work till that time, do you do it? If you don't do it, you get in trouble. Well, if you say that if, if God's calling you to this time, to this time, and I tell you, He's never going to call you to as much time as your work's calling you to, but then again, He might. <coughs> but give it to Him. You know what I mean? And the more time you give to Him, the easier it is to continue giving time to Him. I'm finding I can't, I don't have enough time to spend with God, so I have to wake earlier to spend more time with God. You know what I mean? Getting earlier so I can get into his presence sooner. And then I, I set a time to be with him and I'm thinking, well, I can't. One thing I do is I have a quick shower just to wake up. And I think, well, I don't want to do that in God's time. So I wake up 15, 20 minutes before that to do that so I can be where I'm meant to be on time. Do you know what I'm saying? All right, let's, let's keep on going. We will all appear before him. Hebrews 9, 27. Just as man is destined to die once and after that to face judgment. Is destined to die once. I never forget this statement this, um, that I heard once. Man is the only creature on earth that knows he's going to die but is trying desperately hard to forget the fact. You know, if more people realise that the reality is we will die. That's one reality. Whether you believe in God or not, we have to believe that people die. Now, after they die, where do they go? The Christians are the only ones that really know. They're going to think, think we're all going to die at one point. And after that, what does it say? After that, face judgment. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 5.10. And it says, For we, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due to him for the things done in the body, while in the body, whether good or bad. We must all appear. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Is it going to happen? 1 Peter 4.5 It says, But they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. We're going to have to give an account if you were about to go to court over some issue, what would you do to prepare for that? Say it's a big issue. Say you could lose your home. You know, you could lose a whole heap of stuff. Your life would be destroyed if the decision against you is pretty bad. How hard would you prepare for that situation? Would you pay for a good attorney? 
to represent you? You would. Many of us will, will go to the nth degree to protect what we have here and now. But how far would we go to protect what's going to happen in the afterlife? Yeah? Many people pay a superannuation fund. I'm sure many of you here would be putting into a superannuation fund to, to give us some money in our old age, those last few years, last few years of life. We put into the super, superannuation fund. What about after that? Now, a lot of people retire and die within about you know six months. Mm. How many people have heard about that? It's amazing how many people die so soon after you know, and they think this is the best part of my life. I don't have to work. And they get there, and it's not like they thought it was going to be. We're pumping our money into superannuation. Should we be pumping it into eternal life? And I'm not talking about money as well. We should be pumping our life into what we have in eternity. We should be putting so much emphasis on it. It should be like Leonard Ravenhill said, keeping one eye on eternity. Living with one eye fixed on eternity. Walking always with the, with the judgment seat of Christ before us. Walking with that right in front of our eyes. Amen. That's how we should be led. It's like Jesus Christ looking over you at all times. It's like an example I used a few weeks ago. Like walking around with a police officer looking over your shoulder and you won't do anything naughty. And that's how you actually can live a life the way Christ wants you to live. With him looking over your shoulder. Amen. Keeping us out of trouble. Who knows, if a thief walked around with a police officer, they wouldn't be thieves anymore. Wouldn't happen, would it? Unless the police officer is corrupt. <laughs> Matthew 16, 27. Tell you what, we've got, to, we've got to really listen to the Holy Spirit. We've got to be led by the Spirit. Amen. Foolish talk, coarse joking. Is that what Christians are meant to be into? We've got to be careful with foolish talk. What's foolish talk? Just not being aware of the atmosphere of a situation and saying something that's foolish. Maybe trying to lighten up a situation that is meant to be lightened up. Amen? That, that speaks to me. You've got to be careful when speaking about the judgment seat of Christ that I don't make too many silly jokes and take away what we're actually focusing on here. Amen? We're all under the scrutinizing eye of the Lord. He's scrutinizing everything. His eyes are on the faithful. Amen? His eyes are always looking for the righteous in this world. They're always watching. They're always watching. How many of us wake up knowing that He's looking at us? How many of us wake up thinking, Jesus Christ is watching me right now? I've got the Elvis collar going on. 1627, have I read that? No. <coughs> For the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels, and then He will reward each person according to what He has done. You know that there's going to be a separate judgment for the righteous, a separate judgment for those that believe in Jesus Christ. There will be a judgment for the unrighteous, those that don't believe in Jesus Christ, and they will be discarded for eternity. But what about for the righteous? We'll be judged according to what we've done. What we have done. We don't want to get to heaven and be standing there going, gee, I wish I did more. Gee, I wish I put more into my life. 
You know, I was reading in this Ian Bounds book, and he talks about a man, a minister, who was on his deathbed, and his regret was that he spent so little time in prayer. He regretted a life of prayerlessness. He regretted that life of prayerlessness. He regretted it so much. But he knew he couldn't reverse that. That's it. That was my relationship with Jesus Christ. Five minutes in the morning, all blow it off. End of the life. So little time developing that relationship. So when he gets to heaven, and he gets to heaven because his faith is in Christ, Jesus Christ loves him, but his relationship isn't as strong. So, you know, you've got some close friends that you, they're close, you spend time with them and you like them, they understand you, you understand them, and you can sort of, you know, there's that, that bond, yeah. And then you've got those other friends that you still love them, but you just don't see them much and you don't want to spend time with them that much and all that sort of thing. You know what I mean? There's, they're distant friends, and when you see them, you always say good day. You know those ones? You don't want to get to heaven and be one of those friends for Jesus Christ, do you? And then be trying to form that relationship in heaven by inviting Jesus over for dinner every night. But isn't that how we can live our life? Do we want to, you know, be on our deathbed with regrets? You know? This is why I do what I do. This is why... We, we come in here and set this up. I don't want to get to heaven with regrets. I don't want to miss out on all that he's called me to and, 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 and be found wanting at the end of this life. Who wants to be there? We want to know that we've had this most amazing relationship. Amen. So I'm calling you today. Develop your relationship with Jesus Christ. He's, he's going to judge you one day, but you want to know that the one who's going to judge you is your best mate. Do you know what I mean? That he's up there, he loves you so much. And he, as it, when he judges you, he'll, he'll look at you with a smile. Do you remember that situation in Port Adelaide that time? I, I drove my car unregistered. It was a day over and I got pulled over. And I had to appear in court for it. It was like, get out of here. What's going on? this? Anyway, I went to court, and Vina and I were there, and John was a baby. And uh, we're, we're sitting there, and we had to sit through how our hearing was right at the end of this, all these hearings. And there was guys up there, like criminals coming out like this, you know, with the chains on and getting brought out from behind. You know, they're in trouble when they're getting brought out from behind the court, and they don't come in with us. And they come out, and and the judge is like giving it to him like this. He's yelling and screaming. He was so mad with him and stuff. And this judge was just letting loose. And I'm, we're sitting there. Remember that? Yes. And I'm, I'm going, oh, my God, I've got to appear before that guy. <laughs> and everyone who'd come up there, they had these terrible stories. And I kind of remember them now. There was rape stories and, you know, breaking and entering and just a whole bunch of really, really bad stuff. And I'm thinking, oh, man. I have to appear before him. And then he says, okay, Robert Cartledge. And I'm like, uh-huh. And I walk up there and I'm going, how are you going? And I realise, you don't say that in court anyway. He, goes, he just looks at me and goes, like that. And I sit down and he uh, asks to swear on the Bible. And I say, yep, absolutely, swear on the Bible. And he says, so 
you know, tell me your uh, thing. And I said, oh, look, it was the red joke was a day over or, or two days over, and I drove the car and I got pulled over. He goes, okay. And I'm going, he's not yelling at me. <laughs> and he goes, um, so uh, the, the, it'll cost you $300 or something. He says, so um, is that okay? And I said, yeah, absolutely, yeah, I'll pay that. And he goes, um, well, would you like time to pay it? And I said, well, I can have some time. He goes, well, you can have time. Do you need extra time? I said, well, how much time do I have? And he goes, well, I don't know, six months. What, so pay part payments? Yeah, part payments. Okay, yeah, no worries. He said, all right, thank you. And he gave me a big smile. I walked out. And I'm like, gee, that was relatively painless. But, you know, it was such a beautiful thing to see the judge smiling at you. To see him, you know, just having this, it was casual compared to all the other things that I heard. You don't want to be under the angry side of God. You don't want God to come down on you like a ton of bricks. Because, you know, you've lived in sin and never turned to Christ with all your heart. You know there's a difference you can turn to Christ, but turning to Christ with all your heart. You have to turn and give Him everything. Everything. Does that mean you can't work because you're going to just be giving God everything? No. You take Christ into the workplace. Amen. <coughs> Amen. All right, I'm, I'm going to be finishing on that note. But um, I, I want to do a, something special today. And I want Ben to come up here. And I want Judah to come up here. This guy, Judah, is an awesome, awesome man of God. And uh, these guys are army guys. Ex, ex army guys. They still look like army guys to me. And uh, Judah's, Judah's recently, like his whole family has been in the faith. Your mum and dad, they've lived, we used to live right next door to them. In the house next door when I first moved to Adelaide with my family. And, uh, and he was born during the period I lived there, wasn't it? During the two years we were there. And uh, and I just got told a few weeks ago by his dad, John, that they started to pray for our family after we left. Because I always wondered who prayed for me? Who prayed for me? And I reckon their prayers were heard by God because a number of years later, about five years later, I gave my life to Christ. And Judah has sort of, in many respects, you walked. Were you, were you ever with God in all your heart when you were young? Yes. Straight. Straight. Anyone been there who's been brought up in the faith? You're living for Christ and then you stray at a young age and it all seems uncool, you know what I mean? But then Ben, this guy here, um, encouraged Judah to come to our church and it was at Mitcham Community Centre, which is where we've been a few weeks. And Judah come along and Judah um, uh, had his eyes opened a bit at the time and realised, hey, maybe this Jesus stuff is real, you know? And uh, since then, you've been committed to uh, listening to the word and reading it and prayer. And so we're going to pray for, for Judah today because we want, we want God to do a marvellous work in this man, don't we? We want God to take this man to new levels, new heights in him and develop his relationship with him so that when he gets to heaven, Jesus is going to embrace him you know, with, all his, with all his heart. So Lord, Thank you, Lord, we just bring this wonderful man to you. Just reach your hands out towards him. Pray with me. Pray with Lord Ben Jesus. when he prays. Lord Jesus, we just pray for this wonderful man. Thank you, Lord. Lord, uh, oh, firstly, Judah, do you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes, I do. 
It's awesome. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Lord, I just ask you just to touch him, touch his heart right now. With the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come upon this man with all your power and that you would reveal to him all that he must must do for you, all that he must, uh, uh, how he should live for you, and you'd give him incredible insight into uh, the right path so that he will never stray from the path that you have for him. Lord Jesus, ask for the fire of the Holy Spirit to burn inside this man and that it will never be quenched, that it will never be put out. That fire will burn continuously uh, from this day forth and he will be uh, serve you with everything within him, Lord. And he will proclaim the gospel everywhere he goes. And he will have an incredible impact on so many people's lives. And he'll be turning people from from death to life. And he'll bring them out. He'll be a, a fragrant aroma in the kingdom of God. And Lord, so we just pray that your spirit just starts to guide his life and guide his family's life. I pray that your spirit will start to move in his wife and bring about incredible transformation in her as she just turns to you and gives her life over to you as well. And uh, I ask that uh, as he was in the army, with the commitment to uh, the discipline of the army, I pray that he will have that same discipline and commitment to the kingdom of God. And that now he will die for the kingdom of God. And not just this country, but for your purposes, for your will. So help him to live out this life now in you in the name of Jesus I pray and Ben could you could you I'll get your microphone Father God I just I thank you so much for my brother Lord I thank you that you saved him Father God I thank you that you died for him Lord God Lord God I pray that you would give him a revelation of of what has been done Lord for him Lord that you went to the cross Lord you you forsook everything that you could have gained Lord and you laid it all on the altar. Mm. Lord, you became the saviour of this world, Father God. And you would have done it just for Judah, Lord God. Mm. Yeah. You would have done it just for each one of us, Lord God. And Lord, we, 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 we can't fully grasp that, Lord. We can't fully grasp the sacrifice, the wrath that you took in our place, Father God. Lord, I pray that you would... Give Judah this revelation, Lord God, that he would live for you, Lord God, that he would offer up himself as a living sacrifice that is holy and acceptable unto you, Father God. Lord, I just want to I want to pray for for him, Lord, as a father. Lord, I pray that he would he would lead his children. Lord, I pray for William and Jessica, Father God. I pray that, that, that Judah would be a father to them, that he would teach them the ways of the Lord God. That, that, Father, I pray that he would be a, a husband to his wife, Lord God. Even though she does not know you, Father, I pray that she would see Christ in you, yes, Lord, in, in, in Judah. Lord, and, and I pray that, that through the testimony of, of his life, Lord God, that she would see that there is a one true living God, Lord, that, that you are alive, Lord. You have, you have put your spirit inside of Judah, Lord God, and I pray that you would fill him, Lord, fill him with your Holy Spirit, Father God, that he would walk as a man who is on fire for God, Lord, that you would empower him to live a life that is holy, Lord, that is set apart from this world, Lord God, that the world would see Judah, Lord, they would see this man and they would say, that is a man of God. This is a man who walks with God. He sits at the feet of Jesus and he learns from Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would teach him your word, Lord. Teach him your ways, Father God. I pray that you would help us all to support him in his walk, Lord, and that he in turn would 
Lord, become a, a, a disciple maker, Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That he would be a man who can, can reach out to all of our friends, Lord God, that, that from, from the army and from, from um, the life that we have uh, lived, Lord. I pray that he would be one who is sent to them, Lord God, not going in the power of himself, Lord, because there is no power in himself, but that he would go in the power of the Holy Spirit, Father God, Lord, and speak the truth. Speak the words of love and life to the, to this dark and dying world, Lord God, and that many souls would be saved through Him, Father God. Yes, so I Lord. thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing, Lord. But I, I know that there is there is much to go for all of us, Lord God. We, we cannot think that we have made it, Lord. We haven't made it until we are safe in your arms, Lord. Until you have said, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into your rest. Thank you, Father God. We praise you. We worship you, Lord. And I, and I just pray that you would help us all, Lord, to, to, to pick up our cross every day, Lord, and follow you. You are worthy, Lord God. You alone are worthy. We, we thank you. We worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Yeah, isn't that wonderful? Let's give him a round of applause. That was a very special moment for Judah, and uh, remember it forever now. Because uh, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, it's is it the most awesome thing that you've ever done? There's no greater experience than the time when you give your life to Jesus Christ, and then. We've just got to follow it up. We've got to back it up, don't we? Mm. By walking it out in Him and living for Him uh, forever and ever and ever. Mm. All right. Amen. 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 So let's pray, guys. Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you for these wonderful people that are here before me, Lord. And I just pray that your Spirit would just uh, help consolidate what was spoken of today in all their hearts. Mm-hmm. That every person here will be changed and transformed. And that will start to uh, really work on and get serious with their relationship with you. Because I think out of all of this, just getting us into that deeper level of, of uh, intimacy with our Lord and Saviour is the call at the moment. And we know the Bible talks about it, that he wants a people that love him, a people that fellowship with him, that commune with him regularly and live in him and pray to him. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would do all these things in us and start to make a real change so that we will, we will just uh, want nothing more than to spend our morning hours with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And, uh, Lord, I just pray that you bless uh, the rest of this day, bless the fellowship time here. Um, also, uh, bless our weeks, cover us all with your precious blood, Lord, and protect us through the week. And keep us strong in you so that we will come back here next week safe and sound with uh, and may we just uh, have many incredible uh, experiences, positive, uh, Holy Spirit-filled experiences this week. Help us in all of our troubles and our hardships and trials. Help us through them, Lord. Help us to, uh, to start to get into deeper levels of prayer so that we can sort out uh, or hear directly from you what you want us to do and how you want us to approach situations, Lord Jesus. Let us go to the throne before we go to the phone. In the name of Jesus, I ask. And uh, so just bless this time now in the name of Jesus and be with us all in your precious name. Amen. Amen.